1: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
0: Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. <laughs> brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Back here on Oilers
2: Now, Brendan Ulrich with you. And for Bob Stoffer again today, some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris where two can dine for $120. We are going to bring aboard Elliot Friedman here very shortly for friends over at the Rivercree Resort and a Casino. They have Steel Panther there. July 21st. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. I'll apologize to uh, Elliot. I gave Dustin Elliot's uh, home phone number. I think he called like four times. So he'll have a few uh, missed calls when he uh, gets home today. But uh, Elliot, welcome back to the show. How are things going?
1: You shouldn't apologize to me. You should apologize to Justin for wasting his time like that.
2: <laughs> well, hopefully, no one answered at home, so hopefully they didn't wake anyone or, you know, I'm sure you're with uh, the no, no. wife and kids, so it's all good.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, all good. Yeah, just driving along. Everything's good. <laughs>
2: uh, so Bob's out golfing today. I forgot to tell you that you'll be on with me, but uh Bob's Yeah, I there.
1: know. He, he told me. I spoke to him yesterday. I told him it would be a great segment because he wasn't going to be there. <laughs>
2: Awesome. Well, you guys were uh, probably uh, you know, sharing rumors and uh, trade uh, proposals back and forth there on that uh, conversation. So, Elliot, tell us what you're hearing on uh, Milan Lucic. What's new after you had some interesting comments on Lucic uh, in your 31 thoughts?
1: I don't know if there's anything really new. I think the only thing is, is that I just wonder if, um, you know, he starts the year next year in Edmonton and you know, they say to him, Milan, the, the best thing that you could do for yourself and us if you really want to leave is you show up in great shape and you play unbelievable hockey and that makes you attractive to other teams. Now, I've said that the Oilers uh, seem confident based on what I heard secondhand. I think what is also – I think they've made it clear – that they're not giving up a ransom just to get rid of the contract. Like, this is not something where they're going to make a, a ridiculous deal just to say, okay, we're, we have Milan Lucic off the books. Um, I, I think we're in a situation where they are absolutely saying we're going to be careful, we're going to be smart, and that's it. And just because Milan Lucic may want to go, we're not in a situation where we feel we have to do it.
2: Okay, I think that's uh, music to the ears of uh, Oilers fans uh, because uh, we've been hearing crazy things like, okay, I know this is speculation, but people are saying, okay, the Oilers will just throw in pull the RV in order for a team to take Lucic. So you're saying that's not the case if they move Lucic would likely be uh, a contract coming back or maybe a useful player for the Oilers?
1: You know, I, I heard about that. Is that the one you're talking about with Carolina?
2: Yeah, I think it was Drager just speculating and throwing some things out there that maybe would make sense. Uh, so I don't know if it's a rumor or anything. He didn't say it was a rumor. He just said it was speculation, and he was sort of, sort right. of make, trying to make something work, I guess.
1: Yeah, and you know we all do that. We throw spaghetti against the wall. We'd like to see where it lands. Um, you know, I I think this like if like I think there's a difference between divesting yourself of Lucic's contract and and being in a situation where you're getting a worthwhile player or in return. Like, for example, if for argument's sake you think you're making a deal for Noah Hannafin and it's going to cost you Lucic and Bully RV, I think you can make an argument that that's a good deal. Like, you could look at that and say that that makes a lot of sense for Edmonton to do, actually. So I think if you see a deal like that, you're going to look at it, hopefully, and say, okay, you know, that makes sense. But I don't think you're throwing Puliarvi in with Lucic just to trade Lucic. I think if you're throwing a guy like an asset like Puliarvi in, you're doing it because you're getting something that people are going to look at and say, you know what? That's not bad. That makes sense.
2: Well, on the show yesterday, Elliot, I asked uh, Brian Lawton from NHL Network uh, just if there was a deal that would make sense to him, and he just sort of hummed and hawed a little bit. Then he said, hey, what about, uh," I think this is just speculation, but he said maybe the Oilers would take back Seabrook, for example, if uh, they traded out Lucic. So maybe something like that might make sense. I know another team that has a contract that they would love to move is uh, Vancouver and Ericsson. So... Would would something like that make sense for the Others with either those two teams or maybe another team that does a contract like that?
1: Uh yeah, I mean but the thing is does the other team like here's the question. Like first of all, both these guys have no move clauses, right? Seabrook and Lucic? Yeah. Would they both waive to go? No idea. So that like like here's the thing, like Lucic, I think would waive to go to Chicago is Seabrook waving to go from Chicago to Edmonton?
2: Fair question. I don't know.
1: <laughs> and the second thing is, like, is that a deal Chicago's making?
2: Yeah, so we're, we're just spitballing here, Elliot, having some fun. Because... Now, the,
1: the Erickson one with Vancouver, I've thrown that one out there before. Like, would that that make sense? I think the problem is, is that Erickson has one less year than Lucic
0: yeah
2: okay so you're and I think you, did you say something about Lucic also maybe not wanting to play in Vancouver he wants to maybe play somewhere else
1: I think, he, I think, I think he'd prefer to be out of Canada
2: okay alright so we'll leave Lucic at that um, to be determined uh, what are you hearing now that the playoffs are over as you uh, put on your draft hat Elliot because uh, you'll be uh, heading out to uh, Dallas next week are you expecting uh, some big activity this uh, after the weekend here, or do you think we'll see a lot of action on the draft floor? What are you hearing?
1: I think it's going to be busy. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Like the, tr- the draft now has passed the trade deadline as the most important part of the year, where you can reshape your roster. And I think that that's kind of where we are now is that you're in a position where the best time to reshape your roster is at the draft. You know, you get a situation where you can go 10% over the cap in the summer. So that gives you a bit more flexibility. Um, You know, you're in a position where you can do things, um, you'll contracts end. it's often easier to do it at the draft as opposed to it is easier to do it at the deadline. So I think it will be very busy. I think there will be a lot going on. And, um, you know, I think if you like chaos and you like craziness, you'll probably love the draft next week.
2: Yeah, I can't wait for the draft. Uh, the Oilers, of course, picking 10th overall. Elliot, um, how many teams do you see maybe uh, looking to move uh, their pick uh, in the top 10, and would the Oilers be one of them?
1: I think that the teams that I think are really looking to move around are Vancouver at 7. I think, you know, you guys have made it pretty clear that you're willing to consider it. Um, You know, I think the other team, I I think the draft in a lot of ways really starts with Montreal at 3. I I think the expectation is that, you know, Buffalo's keeping the pick. The expectation now is that Carolina's keeping the pick and they're going to take Svechnikov. And that really starts with uh, with Montreal. And what is what does Mark Bergevin want to do? Um, you know, I, I think I think most people think he wants to take the Finnish center. But there's a couple that have thought he might be interested in um, uh, uh, one of the D, like Dobson, for example. You know, he's got a couple new coaches in his organization, Ducharme and. and uh, Bouchard, who would have seen quite a bit of Dobson this year in the Quebec League. Um, I think also there's at least one GM out there, I said in our podcast today, that thinks he likes Brady Kachuk. So Bergerman's got kind of everybody guessing. Now, I think it's, I, I would say it's probably the center of the D, but the question is, who does he really want? And if he wants to move down, how far does he need to move down to get what he wants to get? And so I'm a... I think that Bergevin really controls a lot of what is going to happen. I mean, the other big decision that has to be made is at four, and that's Ottawa. You know, they have to decide, and they have right until they get up onto the stage, if they want to trade this year, give this year's pick to Colorado or, or gamble that next year's won't be as good. And that's a huge decision for the Senators, too.
2: Yeah, that's crazy to even think about because it's a top-five pick. So how do you give that up? But then you look at the roster. What if they need to trade Carlson? Will they be worse next year? I don't know how Dorian solves that mystery. Um, That's just more in you? This whole uh, Hoffman, uh, Carlson thing off the ice is crazy. I don't know if you want to dig in on that at all, Elliot, but how does this sort of affect uh, what Dorian does moving forward when it comes to Carlson and Hoffman?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I, I... I don't know. I mean, they're trying to trade Hoffman. You know, they were telling teams two days ago that Hoffman was going to be done by 5 Eastern Wednesday, and obviously that didn't happen. Um, You know, I I think Ottawa should just tear it down and start over. I I really do. I think that um, you know, the Hoffman thing is really tough. And you know, I I, I say this, um, Brennan, that, look, when you go into this business or you become a pro athlete, whether you're a coach, you're an executive, you're a GM, you're a player, even when you're like in the member of the media, like you and I are, there's a certain understanding that you're a public figure now. And, you know, things are going to happen, your best days, your worst days, a lot of things that happen to you are public. You sign up for that to some degree. I think when you're, um, you know, a, a wife or a fiance or a girlfriend or a parent or whatever, you um, it doesn't always work that way that you know you kind of get into it by osmosis and you kind of in a way sign up for it but it's not really you and I, I try to be careful with these kinds of things you know unfortunately because of what's happened here with Hoffman's uh, fiance, um, you know she's been thrown into it and it's a big deal I think what people don't realize is we say okay does this help or hurt Ottawa's ability to trade Mike Hoffman? And you look at it and you say, it hurts his trade value, and I think that's true. But I think what we don't really look at is all the other things now, that if you're a team that you're thinking of acquiring Mike Hoffman, what does this mean? And I was talking to a GM about it, and he said, look, one thing you have to do is you got to call your captain, and you got to call your leadership group, and you have to ask, you have to say to them, you've got to go to your spouses or your significant others, and you've got to say, guys, if, if, if this is true, and it's not proven in court, but I'll tell you, the Sanders players believed it was true. You've you got to go to your, your players and your leadership group, and you've got to say, guys, are we going to be able to handle this? You have to ask your wives and significant others, can we do this? And the other thing that you're looking at from the Hoffman point of view is how is this going to affect him as a person? So this is obviously somebody cares about because it's his girl, his fiance, and now this has become public. You know what's going to happen to the relationship? How is that going to affect him? You know people are going to say stuff to him on the ice about it. Like you know how is he going to get? How is he going to handle it all? And you know I I think that. Brennan, that's all part of this now. You're not just trading for a guy who's going through this. You're wondering how he's going to handle going through this and how it's going to change him if it changes him at all. And and like a a couple of GMs told me that's a big deal. That's not a trade you necessarily rush into making. And I think that adds a lot of difficulty in this whole thing.
2: Yeah, that's really uh, interesting. Uh, so I don't know how that uh, one shakes out. But you, you said that you think they should tear it down in Ottawa. So you're would you then, if you're Dorian, would you give up the pick this year, trade Carlson, and then just sort of tank for next year and hope you get the first overall pick? I would. Yeah?
1: With everything that we know right now, like you're asking me this question at this particular time, with everything that we know right now, it is, um, I would do that. I, I would trade the pick, I, I would let Connor have the pick, I, I'd strip it down to the, the bare parts and I'd rebuild, and I'd worry about getting to the floor later. Like I would call Chicago and I would, I would call them and say, you know, what will you give us for taking Marion Hose's cap space? Um, you know, that kind of a thing, I, I would do that, I would start all over again, and, and the other reason i give up the pick is because I I'd want to start fresh. I'd simply say, I don't want this hanging over me. And, you know, it's no guarantee you win the lottery next year and get the number one pick. But what it is, is you go, uh, you, you win, you, if you, you get the best pick you can, you say, guys, we're starting over new. Because you can't sell the Senators in their market now like this. Their fans are tired. They've had enough. They don't like the ownership. They don't like anything there. Um, you, you have to just say, look, we're tearing it down on the studs, like your house, Brendan, and we're starting over.
2: Yeah, wow. Well, that's that's crazy. How do you sell it to your fans? But yeah, like you said, maybe that's uh, the way you go. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Ottawa. Quick hitters, Elliot, before we let you go. Uh, Skinner, is he maybe the first uh, Ford or big-name Ford to, to get traded here this off season? Where do you see him uh, landing?
1: Well, I think Skinner would be on that list. I think Pacioretty would be on that list. I, I think uh, a bunch of other guys you know, could potentially be on that list because it's going to be active. Um, Skinner, I think there's a lot of teams looking for a winner. I think Florida is. I think L.A. is. I think Buffalo is. I think there's a whole bunch of teams here sitting and saying, we'd like to do this. So um, I think they look at it like, so I think Skinner's on that list of guys. But I think there's a few of them there that you shouldn't count out, Brandon.
2: Okay, and uh, the UFA market, uh, of course, the window to uh, talk to free agents getting very close here uh, ahead of July 1st. Uh, how many teams are in on Kovalchuk?
1: Probably about eight, and some different ones. Like I think you got, you know, you got San Jose, you got the Kings, you got Boston. I kind of wonder if Tampa potentially is circling around that one. I, I wonder where the Islanders have been. I think they were there at the beginning. I don't know if they're still there now. I think Florida was in there at the beginning when he was still in his previous agency, but I'm not sure that they're there anymore now. Um, so I, I, think there's, I think there's quite a bit of interest. I mean, Kobachuk only costs you money, right? He doesn't cost you assets. So I, I think that certainly is attractive about him.
2: Yeah, that's interesting because it seemed like uh, all the teams were out east, but now there are a few western teams in the mix as well. Uh, You hit on the Islanders there quickly, a team to clearly watch uh, this offseason, Elliot. um, Over under 50%, I guess, that they uh, re-sign Tavares at this point?
1: I'm saying 50-50, and I'm also saying it has always been my position that that's his first choice. They're trying. I mean, they've got to make some moves, right? Like, I think they're trying to get Grubauer... Um, I think they're trying to add and I think if they get something I think Tavares is going to stay I, I, I believe that is his preference
2: Awesome stuff, Elliot Well, next Friday you'll be in uh, Dallas uh, Bob will be uh, live uh, on location as well so hopefully we'll get you alive uh, from the draft floor on Friday if that works for you
1: Does that mean I have to see Bob face to face? You know it What a punishment
2: Is that like once a year you guys uh, run into each other?
1: No, you know, usually, like, you know, when when Edmonton comes to Toronto, I'll see him. And this year when Edmonton went to Buffalo, I went down and saw him. So you get the world according to Bob. It's always good.
2: (laughs) All right, Elliot, enjoy uh, the weekend. Uh, Enjoy all the sports action going on right now. It's uh, a fun time to be a sports guy. I know you're a big sports guy with uh, the U.S. Open going on, the World Cup. So enjoy it all.
1: Thanks very much, Brennan. You too. And happy Father's Day out there in Edmonton. Hope everybody has a great day on Sunday.
2: All right, Elliot, thanks for uh, taking some time.
1: Okay, take care, Brian. Bye-bye.
2: Elliot Friedman, our regular Friday contributor here on Oilers Now, brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. Yes, happy Father's Day to my dad, Brian, as well, head of uh, the game here, but that will be on uh, Sunday. But I'll be away this weekend, so I don't even know if I'll be home for Father's Day. So I'll say it now on the radio to my dad, Brian, who listens to the show at work every day. It's at twelve fifty-two in Edmonton. We'll take a time out. We'll come back with some of your text messages. We still have Drake Kajula ahead on signing his two-year deal with the Oilers. And at 135, would you bridge? Or would you sign Nurse to a long term contract? We'll dig into that one as well ahead on the program.
0: When you want to fly your Oilers' colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place proamsports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, Proam Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Proam Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic. Hand signed, Memorabilia. So, no matter who you cheer for, Pro Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and
2: you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. 1256 in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. Dustin behind the glass helping out today as well. Bob Stauffer out golfing at the U of A golf tournament. Speaking of golf, U.S. Open going on right now. Dustin Johnson, your leader. He's uh, through his second round on the day. And uh, he shot a 67 today at four under. After that, Ian Poulter is even through four. So, dj an impressive round today and uh he's way ahead right now on the rest of the field only a handful of golfers and red figures on the round so far or on their round so far today at the world cup right now spoiler alert because i know there are people that are big soccer fans that are at work right now maybe they aren't that big of soccer fans because You would likely be uh, watching this one live somehow if you're a fan of Portugal or Spain because this is a huge game for both these teams. And uh, at the half, Portugal's a 2-1 lead on Spain. Cristiano Ronaldo, both goals for Portugal in that one as they have a 2-1 lead so far. Last night, the Eskimos pulling it off in the end over Winnipeg. A marathon game, the longest uh, weather delay in CFL history. I almost fell asleep at one point but uh i gutted it out and i'm happy i did right out of the break it looked ugly for the eskimos after fog returned uh one to the house and then winnipeg looked pretty good for a while there but the eskimos in the end mike riley when he needs to turn it up he can and he did that last night uh nate Bahar, by the way a big catch on the two-point convert and this is a guy the Eskimos have been waiting for for a long time so give him some props last night he was good in the game didn't even start the game he's uh, been injured for most of training camp if not all of training camp and he comes in and he makes a clutch catch on the two-point convert which helped the Eskimos win the game so uh, he's been worth the wait He looks like a keeper for the Eskimos moving forward and uh, they'll want to get him on the field more and more as the season moves along. Of course, Brian Mitchell wasn't here on the field last night for the Eskimos on offense. So many receivers. You saw Darrell Walker, what he can do. Uh, Duke Williams made a few big catches, missed a few opportunities as well. But uh, he can sure go up and grab anything that's uh, throwing his way for the most part. So the Eskimos offense looks good. The defense... Man, oh man, that secondary banged up last night. They lost a few more guys uh, throughout the game. You hope that they're okay. When they get Grimes back and Colhoun, they'll be a lot better in that secondary. But last night, the secondary did not look good at all. And they were hardly challenged by Straveler, who didn't throw a deep very much in that game. But it's week one. You uh, break off the rust. And uh, you come back home now for week two against Hamilton. And my prediction is the Eskimos will be 2-0 uh, after... That win against the Tiger Cats, and uh, they'll be looking pretty good moving forward. It's a 1 o'clock in Edmonton. We'll take a time out for the 1 o'clock news with Thomas Dias. When we come back, we'll be joined by Oilers for Drake Kajula.